We are on Davdalet Amud Beis, probably about uh, 12 lines down from the top. The first one line is Veleka, starting right after that. Tonar Abanan, Tafresh, Tonar Abanan, Abanan Tonar Braisa, Dalet Amud Beis, 12 lines down, Baruch. Not Arba Kandesen, if he stood up or he he stuck four um, posts, Vesicha, and we're going to see that we're talking about it, we put them into the roof of a building. He stood up four posts, and he puts on top of these four posts. So what's the, does it work or does it not work? So Rabbi Yaakov Machshir, Rabbi Yaakov says it's kosher, that these four posts are good enough to be considered like four walls somehow, and we'll see how soon. Possible. What are you talking about? You know, you need, you need. We know already. Two full walls and a tefach of a third wall. Four posts on your four corners. Not going to do you anything. But Rabbi Yaakov says kosher. We're going to, we're going to have to see why Rabbi Yaakov says kosher. So Amr Avuna, we're going to have two versions, uh, two opinions, two opinions as to what is exactly the situation that we're discussing. Amr Avuna, Machlokes al Sasagag. Avuna says Machlokes they're discussing is where these posts are positioned on the corners of the roof, Svasagag, the edges of the roof. So why does Yaakov say it's kosher? Rabbi Yaakov Sober, I'm reading on good Asik Mechitzta. Rabbi Yaakov is invoking the rule of good Asik Mechitzta. We mentioned quickly yesterday, the good Asik means that you extend the walls up halachically. So even though your posts are up here on the roof, the four corners of the roof, um, so when you look at the posts, there's no real wall. You're standing up here, you just see a post, but there's a wall below you, the wall of the building, because you're on the roof. So Rabbi Yaakov says, good Asik Mechitzta means extend these walls upwards, and now you have four very nice walls. Uh, Rabbanon say, we're not going to invoke, we're not going to let you use the rule of Gadasik and Mechitzta, probably because we, they probably agree with Rav, the Binyan, Mechitzta, and Ikaros. We're assuming whether the rules of the house are considered in Mechitzta and Ikaros. Let's assume. I mean, I didn't see that anywhere, but I mean, it follows the next thing. So, yeah, I mean, but, uh, there's no, when, you, when you're standing in the sukkah and you look around, you don't see any walls anywhere. You just see four posts on the four corners. So Rabbanon say no good. Rabbi Yaakov says, yeah, it's good because, because, because you have good asik, good asik um, chitzah. But if the posts were in the middle of the roof, meaning not by the edges, so now you do not have the option of good asik because your posts are not anywhere near the walls. And, and so, so therefore... Um, did I skip a line? Everyone would say it's possible because even even Gadasik flies out the window because even Yaakov can't use Gadasik anymore because your posts are not near the walls. Um, not near the walls of the house, of the building. So that's Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, when Rav Yaakov says it's kosher, that's only where the posts are on the corners um, because of Gadasik. And the Rabbanon do not do not allow you to use Gnostic, but if the posts were not on the corners, then no one would allow you to work, because even Gnostic wouldn't, would not be applicable. That's Rav Huna. Rav Nachman Omar, no. Zizchach would not be by the walls of the building, yeah. Uh, Rav Nachman Omar, Rav Nachman says, no, the case that, we're, that they're discussing is the Emtza Agag Machlokas. The Machlokas of Yaakov and the Chachamim is where the posts are in the middle of the roof. They're not on the corners. Um, and therefore, I mean, we're going to see if, if you're on, if you're in the middle of the roof, so you cannot use Gadasik because the walls are nowhere near where your posts are. So what are we operating with? Um, so we're going to see he's using um, Diumdin. He's using Diumdin the, the the corner posts 
act as the umdin as a double right angle post, which we'll see later on exactly the dimensions that these posts would have to be to meet that requirement. Um, it's tefach by tefach for this, Rabbi Yaakov holds. So that's Rabbi Yaakov is saying it, that, um, that it's kosher, and the Chachamim say, no, we're not going to let you do that. And now continuing in Rav Nachman, <coughs> The Rav Nachman says the Machlokas Rav Yaakov and the Rabbanon is be'emtza gag. So Yibaylu they asked the Shaila on him. Be'emtza gag Machlokas aval asfasa gag direi kol kshera. Are you saying that their Machlokas is only um, in the middle of the roof? But if it was by the edges direi kol kshera, everyone would say it's kosher because you can use good asik. Odilma, or maybe bein bezu bein bezu machlokas, or maybe they're going to have the same machlokas that they have in the middle of whether the yom didn't work. They're going to have the same machlokas on the edges of whether of whether ganasik would work. Yeah, we I mean, different machlokas on the edges would be oh, using ganasik, and the middle. Whether, right. Well, what I meant was that the district Yaakov will still say kosher, and Yaakov and the Chum still say possible for different reasons. In the middle, you only have the yomdin to work with. On the edges, you have good asik to work with. So the question is, when Rabbi Yaakov said it's kosher um, in the middle because of diumdin, he only lets you use diumdin. Um, but when if you go to the edges and area with the good asik, he would agree to the chamim that that would not work. Um, sorry, the chamim would be called kosher that that everyone agrees with that good asik would work, and therefore the chamim would agree on the edges that for sure it works. Or would the chamim say just like we don't let you use? Uh, the Yumdin, we're also not going to let you use good asset. Take And the Gemara does not give an answer to that. So again, so Rav Nachman is saying the Machlokas, Rav Yaakov, and the Chachamim, all Rav Nachman says specifically is that the Machlokas is the Emtzagag. Because Rav Yaakov lets you use the Yumdin, and the Chachamim do not. The Gemara asked, does that mean that on the edges the Rabbanon would allow you to use good asik, or would they still not allow you to use good asik? And to that, we say, take it, we don't know what Rav Nachman would answer, or what they would hold, whatever it is. So now they're going to answer the question. Mesa, we have a question on this. Not style condition of the Brisa says that if they stuck four condition arts in the ground, right before we're talking about on the roof of a house or a building, but what if he stuck these four posts into the ground? And he puts chach on top of them. So we know already, so this case is can be equated to the middle of a roof because you don't have, you're not on the edges of a building, you're on the ground, so there's no good asik mechitzta, there's nothing coming down. So, the what does the Brisa say? Rabbi Yaakov Machshir Vachachamim Poslim. The same Machlokas, or at least the same Shitas, we don't know about the situation, but Rabbi Yaakov says Kasher, the Chachamim say Poslim. The Ha, so now the question comes, the Ha Aretz, the Kerem Zagagdami. The, the 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 posts being stuck up being stuck into the ground is a similar t- to a similar case of Emsa Hagag, the middle of the roof, which was the case of of Rev Huna. Rev Huna is the one who said the Machlokis um sorry, I'm getting myself confused. Rev Huna said right Rev Huna said that I should I meant to underline this. It's a very smart idea actually to underline their original Shitas. Um Rav Huna said the machlokis is. Rav Huna said machlokis is alfasagag, which is emtagag divrei kol kosher. Divrei kol. He said machlokis is alfasagag, but emtagag divrei kol pasir. And here, the, this price is saying the emtagag equivalent is the machlokis. So that's the kasha of Huna. That's kasha number one. We come after Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov in this price says it's kosher. So that's question two to Rav Huna 
that the cash on Ravuna, a blatant, a blatant question on Ravuna, it's a, pro- it's, it's, a, it's a problem for him. Ve'od, and I have another question, because ve'emta hu depligi. Um, because over here in this in this brayso they're specifically arguing in emta gag right because the aretz is emta gag the implication from the brayso is that if the posts were were on the edges of the roofs and now you could work with good asik the implication is everyone would say it's kosher which is not what Ravuna said. Ravuna said that the machlokas is is alsafagag by the edges. So now you have another question on Ravuna in the situation where they're on the edges, not only even in the middle. So now we have a double question. We have two questions on Ravuna. So to this, Digmar says no. Omar Ravuna, Ravuna will say to you no. Pligi They disagree on emtagag, which is what the Brisa says about Aret. Um, he agrees to the first two. Right. So you got me on the first one. But but they similarly disagree on the edges. And so why do the why is the Braisa specifically pointing out the Machlokas Baemtagag if they also argue on the edges? to show the strength of Rabbi Yaakov that even in the middle of the roof where you do not have the option of Gerasik Rabbi Yaakov is still Machshir because he's even going to let you use Diyumdin which is a much bigger Kula than Gerasik and whenever we want to show a big Chiddush the biggest Chiddush we could show is a Kula a Heter and so therefore we're going to go with the biggest Kula of all which is Diyumdin not also Asagag we're in the middle of the Emtagag using Diyumdin that's why the Braisa goes with that case Continuing in the same uh, line, uh, the same area. You put four posts up in the ground, and you put tzach on top of them. Rabbi Yaakov, Omer, Rowan, Rabbi Yaakov says, Rowan, we view it that if you could um, carve it out and split it up. Meaning, make it. You have the post. Well, let's assume it's either a square or a round post. If you could carve it out, hollow it out, and you would have a tefach facing north and a tefach facing east, right? the two the two ways of the right angle. Then you can count it. We can consider it a diumad, a right angle post. Again, you don't actually have to carve it out into a right angle shape, but it's kol she'ilu that if you would carve it, meaning there's enough wood there that there's enough space that you could carve it this way and that way and end up with a right angle of a tefach by tefach. Rashi actually says that like circular. So right. I guess posts are usually circular, but it doesn't have to be. The point is, it, it, whatever it is, as, as long as you you could have a tefach by tefach um, in each direction. Uh, then it counts as a diumad. If it's not large enough to have a tefach and a tefach in, in each direction, um, it would not count as a diumad. Shohei Rabbi Yaakov Omer, because Rabbi Yaakov says, diyum de sukkah, a diumad for a sukkah, tefach is a tefach. V'chachamim omrim v'chachamim say, ad shiyahu shtayim kel chasan, u'shlishat ha'vila tefach, the Rabbanon, they don't buy this diumdin thing when it comes to sukkah. You need two full walls, and the third wall can be a tefach. Don't bring diumdin into this conversation. Um, and we remember from Pasibiros, which was when we first met this diumdin concept, with the right angle post, there it had to be an ama by an ama. The right angle had to be an amma in each direction. Here, this geomet Rabbi Yaakov says when it comes to sukkah, only has to be a tefach by tefach. Continuing, the Mishnah, the next line in the Mishnah said, if, they, if 
the sukkah is less than 10 tefachim high, then it's possible. The, the minimum height of a sukkah is 10 tefachim. The Gemara wants to know, Minolan, from where do we know that the minimum height of a sukkah is 10 tefachim? It's Marta. He said, Rav, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yochanan, Rav Chaviva, these group of, of Amaraim said, Masnu Bekulei Seder Moed. It was taught throughout Seder Moed that Kolki Hai Zuga, whenever you see this group, Machilufei Rabbi Yochanan, switch out Rabbi Yochanan, Umaili Rabbi Yonasan, put in Rabbi Yonasan instead. So whatever it is, this group said, Aron Tisha, the Aron was nine Tvachin. How do we know that the Aron was nine Tvachin? Because the Pasuk says that the Amma was a, uh, that the Aron was a, an Amma and a half. An Amma and a half, each Amma is six Tvachin, so one and a half is nine Tvachin. So the Aron itself was nine Tvachin, Aron Tisha. The Kaporias plus there was a Kaporias cover of the Aron of a Tafach, was another Tafach thick. Hare Kanasara, that equals ten. Nine for the Aron plus one more for the Kaporias equals ten. What does that do for us? Uksiv, the Pasuk says, I will meet with you there. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I will speak with you from above the Kapores. Um, and therefore, so you see, we'll take this one step at a time. You see that the, the, the Shechina said, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the Kapores, which we just defined as being a height of 10 Tfachim. So we see that the, the Shechina would speak to Moshe and meet with Moshe at the level of tenth fachim. So what? The Tani we learned in a brash are going to Hey Omer Aleph. Rabbi Yossi Omer Rabbi Yossi says, Me'olam never lo yarda shkina lamata. The shkina never came down all the way down. Olu Moshe velio lamaram and Moshe Rabbeinu Leohanavi never went up to Shemayim. Shenamer the pasuk says, Hashemayim Shemayim Lashem. The Shemayim the heavens belongs to Hashem. And the land was given to men. So you see that the Shemayim is strictly for Hashem. Our etch is strictly for men. So Hashem will not come down, and man does not go up. So you see the lowest that Hashem ever went, the lowest Hashem would ever go, over here is the top of the Kaporias, which is Ten Tfachim. So below Ten Tfachim, Hashem won't go. What does that tell us? That tells us that it's a different Rishos. Because the Rishos of our etch is reserved for man. Um, Rishus of Shemayim is reserved for God. So if Hashem will not go down to that bottom Rishus of Aretz, the lowest he went, the lowest the Shechina went was Tent Fachim. So you see the Tent Fachim is a Rishus. Rishus of Aretz could extend up Tent Fachim. So you see that a Rishus extends um, Tent Fachim. So who cares? So a Sukkah, uh, you're trying to, we need to make Mechitzos, we need to make walls to create a Sukkah. So a has to divide the entire Rishus. So if the entire Rishus extends up 10 Tfachim, then if you want to divide that Rishus, then you need to divide it the entire height of, um, of 10 Tfachim. And now they're going to ask, ask a few questions on is it really true that Hashem never came down to Oretz and Eliyahu, Moshe and Eliyahu never went up to Shemaim. The Gemara asks, uh, and the Shechina really never came down? The Pasuk says, Hashem came down to Arsinai. Sounds like he was on the mountain. The Gemara said, no. He came down, but he stayed above Tent Fachim. He didn't come into that last Tent Fachim that belongs strictly to the Aretz um, domain. And there's another Pasuk that says, that his legs stood on the, his feet, stood on that day, on Har Hazesim, again referring to the Shechina, that it seems, again, it sounds like the Shechina came down to Har Hazesim. The word gives the same answer, 
it didn't the Shkina did not come down all the way down. It stayed above ten tefachim. Because again, the bottom ten tefachim is a rishus specifically of Aretz. Did Moshe and Elio really never go up to Shemaim? The Pasuk says, Moshe went up to Hashem. So it sounds like Moshe went up. Where it says the same kind of answer, no, he stayed below the last ten tefachim. The last ten tefachim of Shemaim, again, is specifically Shemaim Rishus, and therefore Moshe didn't go beyond that. So basically, you have the lowest ten tefachim from the ground up is specifically to the ground. The highest ten tefachim from the Shemaim up there is reserved to Shemaim, then everything in between is this common area, so to speak. Um, another Pasuk, the Pasuk also says, that Eliyahu went up in a whirlwind to Shemaim. So again, you see Eliyahu went up to Shemaim. Again, the same answer, he, did, he stayed below the last ten Tzvachim. He didn't go all the way into that actual Rishus of Shemaim, the last ten Tzvachim. Another Pasuk, the Pasuk says, the he he grabbed onto the uh, face of the kisei, the kisei akavod, Hashem's throne. Parshes olav anono. He spread on him his on his cloud that Hashem uh, spread over Moshe Rabbeinu. His, his spread his cloud to protect Moshe. V'amar Rabbi Tanchum. Rabbi Tanchum says Malamed. It teaches from this this pasuk teaches shepiras shakai that Hashem spread mizivshchinoso from the. The splendor of Eshchina, the Anano, and his on on his cloud, Allah on him. So basically, the pasuk Rabbi Tanakam explained the pasuk to really be telling us that Hashem sheltered Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, right there by the kisei. Um, so it sounds like Moshe was all the way up there by the kisei Hakavod. So again, the Gemara the Gemara is the same answer. It was below ten tefachim. I Mikol Makom. What do you mean? But nevertheless, the pasuk says Ma'aches Pnei Kisei Pasuk says he was holding onto the Kisya Kavod, so he wasn't lower than Tanvach, he was there, he was holding onto it. No. Hashem lowered the Kisei, the throne, Hashem lowered the throne down, Adasar, down to the Tanvach limit, and that's where Moshe Rabbeinu grabbed onto it. So again, they kept those last Tanvach of Shemaim reserved for Hashem, and the bottom Tanvach of Aretz is reserved for man. Everything in between can be shared. So again, you see from here we're still standing that ten tefachim a rishus is ten tefachim, and therefore to create a mechitza you have to divide the entire rishus. So therefore the mechitza has to extend the complete ten tefachim. If it only goes up five tefachim, you didn't split the entire rishus. So therefore it's not a good mechitza. In order to be a good mechitza, you got to split the entire rishus, which is the height of ten tefachim. So that's how we know that a sukkah has to be ten tefachim. So now the Gemara is going to go back to the original premise of who said that the Aron and the Kaporis equals ten tefachim, right? Because this all hinges on the fact that Hashem, the lowest Hashem ever came, was the top of the Kaporis, because that's uh, that is the definition of a rishus. Whatever height the Kaporis is, that's a new rishus. So we took as a given. We said the Aron was nine because it was an arm and a half. So each arm is six tefachim. So one and a half is nine. The Kaporis is one more equals ten. The Gemara says, hold on. Bishlama Aaron Tishai understand that the Aaron was nine tvachim. The pasuk says, "V'asu Aaron atzei shitim amasayim v'chetzir arko." You should make the Aaron out of cedar wood. Amasayim v'chetzir arko, two and a half amos its length. V'amav v'chetzir rachpo, one and a half amos its width. V'amav v'chetzir kamaso, one and a half amos its height. So there you get nine tvachim of height. One and a half amos equals nine tvachim of height. Very good. So that's a bishlam. I'm good with that. But Ella, however, but kapores tevach minolan. How do you know that the kapores was a tevach? 
And now we know we're going to go on a little bit of a, of a ride over here to figure out how do we know that the Kaparis was really a Tefach. So first the Gemara says, the Tani Rebbe Chenina, Rebbe Chenina teacher, taught, Kol HaKelem Sha'asa Moshe, all of the Kelem the Moshe Rabbeinu made, Nasna Behen Torah, the Torah gave us Midas Ark on the measure of its length, Midas Korach on the measure of its width, Umidas Komas on the weather of it, the, the measure of its height. However, Kapores, but when it comes to the Kapores, Midas Arka, Umidas Rachba, Nasna. The Torah gave us the measure of its length and the measure of its width, because it says it was the, the, the width matched the width and length of the Kapores, two and a half and one and a half. However, Midas Komasa, Lo Nasna. The Torah did not give us the measure of the height of the Kapores. So we don't know the height of the Kapores. So how do we, who said it's a Tafach? So the Gemara says, Say, Ulamad, you can go and learn it. From the smallest one of the Kalim of the Mishkan. Shanamar, the Pasuk says, You should make for it, for the Mizbeach, a Mizgareth, a border of a Tofach, meaning a Tafach, Soviv going around. So you see that this. Um, this miscarriage was a tefach, Samala halon tefach, just like this miscarriage, just like this border, was a tefach. Um, sorry, the shulchan. I said the mizbeach. Sorry, that's what I was looking. I said the shulchan. Sorry, the miscarriage of the shulchan. There's a border going around the shulchan, um, so, and the pasuk says that the miscarriage tofach of a tefach big. Um, so just like over there, Malah Halon Tefach, just like that, Miskeres was a Tefach going around the Shulchan, Afkan Tefach. So here also, this Kapores of the Aron also was a Tefach. We learn it from the Miskeres. So the Gemara says, Who said to you, why are you learning it from a piece of the Shulchan? Why don't you learn it from one of the actual Kalim, from an entire Kali? Why are you taking from one little piece of the Shulchan? The Miskeres of the Shulchan was a Tefach. Why don't you learn it from one of an actual Kali? Meaning to say, well, the whole shulchan was however high, so maybe this, the kaparis was the same height of that, or maybe the same height as the rest of the aron, or the same height of the menorah. I don't know. Why are you learning it from the, a piece of the shulchan? The Gemara says, tafasta merubelo tafasta. If you try to grab too much, you can't grab. You don't grab anything. Tafasta mua tafasta. But if you grab a little bit, then you get what you took. In other words, I think you understand this this lesson already. You you, you got to go with the minimum. You can only know what's a, what's a, a sure. A sure win, so to speak. You take the minimum, and if you're allowed to get more, you'll get more. So that's why we have to go with the, with the miscarriage, because that's a small piece. We can't jump to a bigger keli and say, oh, why don't we go with the size of the shulch, of the entire shulch, and you can't do that. So, okay, so now if we're going to try to go with something small, the Gemara says, so why don't we learn it from the tits, and say that whatever size the tits was, that's how big the kaparas was. The tani will learn in a bright, so tits, don't make him in touch. The tits was similar to a uh, like a plate, shalzav, a gold plate, verachav, or a gold uh, strip. Verachav made its both, its width, its width was two at both, which is a half a tafach. Umukav me ozen, ozen, and it went around from one ear to the other ear. Because of all of was written on it, beishitin in two rows, yud hey melmalo, the, the, the letters yud, the, the yud hey, the shem hashem on the top, the kodesh lamid, and the words kodesh and the letter lamid, Milmata um, on the bottom row. The Amr Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi I saw it. I saw the tits in Rome when I when I was in Rome. I saw the tits because of Olav, and it was written on it, right? Because it was taken with all the stuff, all the killing were taken to 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 Rome. 
he says, I saw it, and it was written on it, it was written all in one row, not the way you say with the two rows, I saw it, and it wasn't written that way. So just sort of a parenthetical thing, the Gemara just throws in nothing to do with our, our actual discussion of the size of the tzitz. Um, but basically, the Gemara wants to know, again, if we said tefasta murubalo tefasta, tefasta muat tefasta, we have to go with something small, so why don't we go with the tzitz? The tzitz was a half a tefach. So why don't we say, just like the tzitz was a half a tefach, the kaparis also was a half a tefach. And therefore, the aron plus the kaparis is nine and a half tefachim. So we should say that a mechitah needs to be nine and a half tefachim. And therefore, a sukkah needs to be nine and a half tefachim, not ten. So the Gemara says, no, we're not going to learn from the tzitz because done in kli mikli. We're going to learn the size of one kli, meaning the kaparis, from another kli, which was the miskeres at this point. We're not going to learn a kli from a tachshit. We're referred, the tzitz is being referred to as a tachshit, as, as a, um, an, an ornament that, that is worn, as opposed to a keli that it belongs on a keli. Um, a tachshit is something that's worn on a person, whereas a keli is not worn on a person. So therefore, we have to learn the kapores from another keli, not from a ornament that the coin got, that the coin wore. Uh, so the wife says, okay, so if we have to stick with something that's a part of a caliph, why don't we learn it from the zer? The zer was a little crown that was on a few things. It was on the aron, the mezbeach, I think somebody else also, I'm not sure. Um, for sure the aron and the mezbeach. Why don't we learn from that? The Omar Mar, Mar said, zer mashahu. The zer was just a mashahu. It was a tiny little amount. So why don't we say the kaparas also was a tiny little amount. It was just a little cover, a thin little cover on top of the aron, and therefore all you should need for a mechitza is nine tfachim plus a mashahu, 9.1. Where it says, no, done in klimi kli, they ain't done in klimi hechsher kli. Because we have to learn the kaparas was an actual kli, and the, um, the zir is a hechsher kli. It's just a, a, an accessory to a kli. It's not an actual functional part of the kli. Thing where it says, okay, if it has to be a functional part of the kli, hachi, if that's so, then you need a functional part of the kli to learn it from. Miskeres namihechsher klihu. The miskeres that we were trying to learn it from is also only an, a, an accessory to the shulchan. So the where it says, one second. Miskeres um, to haisa. No, the miskeres was not an accessory. The miskeres was a border that went below the tabletop. Right, the shulchan was a table, so the miskeres went around the bottom of the tabletop between the, the legs and the top, and therefore it was holding up the tabletop. So it's not an ornament. It's not an accessory. It's, an, it's a functional part of the cleat, and that's why we could use it to learn what the size of the kapara is. That's very nice, according to the Manda Omar that says, according to the opinion that says that the Miskaras was below the tabletop. However, there's another Manda Omar, Omar, but according to the other Manda Omar that says, that the Miskaras was above the tabletop, what are you going to say? Because according to that Manda Omar, the Miskaras taco was just an accessory, just a, a hechsher kli, was not a, a functional part of the kli. So you have a problem. That's a hechsher kli, it's, not, it's just an accessory. So the Gemara says, you're right, never mind. We're not learning from the Mitzgeres. Done. You're right. It's not from that. Ella, rather, done we learn something from which the Torah gave a measure. From something else that the Torah gave a measure. And the Mitzgeres, the Torah gave a measure and the, of the Tefach, and the Torah gave a measure of the Kapores, the other two directions, right? The, the length and which is not the height. 
We cannot learn from the tzitz, nor from the zer. For it's hard to not give any measure at all for the zer or the tzitz. So therefore we can't learn anything from the zer or the tzitz. We learn from the miskaris, but not because it's a kli or hextra kli, just because it has a measure. We need something that has a measure to teach us the measure.